0: It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progressive Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey.
0: And I'm Dr. Davidson.
1: So in today's episode, we're going to talk about sleep, uh, but more specifically, we're going to talk about the recent news of a product that we've used with our patients for years called Cavanase. I know that uh, you know for both of us, it was actually very popular.
0: Yeah. For our patients, definitely. And actually for myself, I, I've i taken it for years because it's uh, it's great at helping you stay asleep. Like A lot of us gals that are perimenopause, like myself, we have no trouble falling asleep, but staying asleep is a whole nother battle. And carbonase was great because it didn't, it wasn't like a sleeping pill. It didn't, um, you know, you weren't groggy when you woke up the next morning. If someone called you on the phone in the middle of the night and you you could easily have a coherent conversation, but it was nice at bringing down the cortisol so that we could stay asleep through the night.
1: Yeah, now granted with our patient population, Males and females, it's, it seems like once you get beyond the age of 40, uh, sleep becomes kind of a precious thing, right? And it seems like people's sleep quality goes down almost incrementally. And it's one of the things that we spend a lot of time on trying to help people fix their sleep quality because everything kind of trickles off that. Your mood, your energy, your weight, uh, certainly the waistline. We'll talk more, a little bit more about that. But everything that we do, um, sleep is kind of one of those foundational things that is so necessary. Uh, And really, conventionally, you know, some of the medications on the market, none of them are really all that good that are either not habit forming or really just don't work that well. So Cavanese was definitely helpful for a lot of people.
0: But unfortunately, which is why we wanted to in part have this podcast, is recently Kavanese has been taken right off the market. They are; It's no longer available. The FDA actually claimed that the 3-amino, what is it, 4-fenubiteric acid in there is not deemed a dietary supplement. So hence, any companies that were making anything with quote-unquote fenubit or 3-amino, 4-fenubiteric acid... In the product, they're not allowed to do that anymore. I hadn't used any other company's products with that product in there, but we did use Cobonase quite a bit with a lot of our patients. So with it, you know, with it automatically being taken off the market, a lot of people are, you know, upset and kind of looking for other alternatives.
1: Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. So this came down. I don't know the middle of March, or the beginning part of March, maybe the first week in March. And, uh, you did, uh, or maybe it was, maybe it was back in April.
0: It, yeah. It was like somewhere around like the middle to the beginning part of April, there was a letter sent out to these companies. And then we, you know, I got a letter as well from some other colleagues telling the companies that are making anything with three amino, four phenylbutyric acid or whatnot in it needs to stop that they have 14 days to stop. So literally... You know, I wanted to get a hold of my patients and tell them, hey, if you're on Cabanase, I've got other alternatives. Because honestly, while Cabanase was really great, we still have lots of tricks in our bag to help people sleep. So we wanted to help them, you know, understand that we can come off of it. But at the same time, a lot of our listeners, I've gotten lots of emails and questions through our website with people that are desperate to find some kind of alternative.
1: Well, that wasn't necessarily by accident. You happened to, being clever, you wrote a blog about the, you know, the Immediate abrupt uh, withdrawal of Cavanez from the market, and literally like overnight, we kept getting like you said emails, and uh, you know based on uh, you know some of the alternatives that we've that we've used, you know as a result. Now, granted, we will say Cavanez was very popular; it worked very well. Was it perfect? No. Sleep is one of those things you just kind of have to hack it for yourself, uh, you know, in order until you find what works for you Uh, because everyone's a little bit different. Now, granted, we all have, you know, as males and females, we all have some tendencies. There's some patterns. There's some specific things that are going on. There's a specific way to approach insomnia or poor sleep quality. Uh, but Cavanese, we didn't realize actually how, how popular it was until you actually wrote the blog post and now we're getting uh, quite a bit of traffic and engagement from people that are that are in some ways kind of desperate when something is removed from the market like that that was effective, uh, especially when it comes to sleep. if you have a solution like that that actually helps uh, you know, and that's taken away from you and you know uh, you know a little bit um, you know unnecessarily or abruptly, now you're kind of scrambling to find a replacement for that.
0: Exactly. You know, the, the carbonase in particular, I've got, like I said, I've used it myself for years is it would help you stay asleep. And most of the sleeping aids, even those, um, Medications like Ambien and other sleep, you know, prescription medications—they only let you sleep for about four hours, and they help you fall asleep. Same with Benadryl or Unisom or the over-the-counter um, sleeping aids—they help you fall asleep, but they don't necessarily help you stay asleep. So, what people would find with those medications or those over-the-counter medications is they would fall asleep fine, but then, you know, come 30 in the morning, they're wide awake. And then, you know, for those of us that didn't want to take any of those medications, still had the issue of basically, which we'll get into a little bit more about how cortisol rises in the evening for some people, is, it, is they would wake up at 1.30 and be up for an hour and a half, two hours. So the cavanase was nice because it helped you stay asleep without having, like Dr. Mackey mentioned, being habit-forming or feeling groggy the next day or not being able to, you know, get up and drive a car in the middle of the night if you absolutely had to. So it was, it was great. And um, you know, granted, you know, like Dr. Mackey said, is Cavanase was in the be all end all magic pill for staying asleep at night. A lot of times with some people that were a little bit more tough sleepers, like myself, I'd have to layer on other supplements that um, that could be helpful to help with sleeping or with people that are traveling or time zones or whatnot. But with this abrupt, you know, cavanase being off the market, you know, I wanted to, you know, let people know that there are alternatives and that they're not gonna automatically like never be able to sleep again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. Uh, And it is definitely, there is a, you know, an individualization process to that. But if you think about sleep in general, sleep is completely a hormonal response, you know, basically in response to the day, you know, the sun's up, rises in the morning, Uh, you know, of course, as we know, it's our circadian rhythm cortisol plays a huge role in regulating or circadian rhythms. So the, the cortisol response is supposed to be high in the morning, get us out of bed, bright and bushy-tailed. And as the sun sets in the evening, whether it's summer or winter, however long the day is, now your as your cortisol starts to go down, then melatonin and some other things start to rise. But what we've noticed in our patients, and we think this is a, probably a very prevalent problem all around the world in pretty much every industrialized country, is that people have some level of what we would refer to as adrenal dysfunction. A lot of people are familiar with the term adrenal fatigue, um, but we really think that a lot of that is, you know, basically a flipped curve or a a flipped diurnal curve or a reversed diurnal curve where they have high cortisol at night, uh, which makes them wake up a lot, and they have low cortisol response in the morning. So now they have a hard time waking up and then they're tired all day. And then that whole cycle just kind of, you know, perpetuates itself and just keeps going sometimes, honestly, for decades, right? This is a, even, you know, people in their teenage years, this insomnia problem lasts them all throughout their life.
0: Yeah, there's definitely, you know, people that have told me they've been insomniac since they were a teenager. But like you said, it is a little bit more of a hormonal response where in part is that cortisol coming up in the middle of the night. It's not supposed to come up in the middle of the night. It's supposed to come up in the morning. So you wake up and you're bright eyed and bushy tailed. There are lots of reasons for why that cortisol comes up in the middle of the night, whether it's stressors, hormones, male, female, whatnot, but being able to bring that cortisol down was the goal, not try to mask it or bully it or band-aid it by making people take medications that are just gonna, you know, put them out. And and one thing that that I have to say is a little bit with the sleep cycle. You know, there's five stages to the sleep cycle. There's one where you're kind of a little bit semi-conscious, you know, just about to fall asleep. Um, stage two is is sleeping, but it's not the restful beneficial sleep. People think REM sleep is a beneficial sleep and it's not. It really stage three and four is the best deep forms of sleep that gets your immune system go- coming up so that it can help, help, um, you know, kill little critters and viruses and bacteria that we come into contact for the day. It, um, you know, stage three and four is the most important. And then we do need a little bit of REM when people take prescription medications or over-the-counter medications for sleeping, not melatonin, but these are you know, more the medications like the Benadryls and the Ambien's and whatnot, is it only allows you to get into stage two sleep and then you bounce between stage two and REM. You don't really get too much into that three and four. So our goal is to help people get through all those stages of sleep and not have to just you know, be bouncing between you know, being awake and then stage two and REM.
1: Yeah. And it takes roughly about 90 minutes to go from being awake to being down to that those deeper levels of sleep. And you need to go through about three to five cycles a night in order to get the rest and recuperation that you need. Uh, and so if you're waking up frequently throughout the night because your cortisol is bouncing all over the place, then you're interrupting those, those stages. And then you're not able to ever get the restoration that you need. So in some ways, you're kind of the, literally burning the candle at both ends. You're not sleeping very well during the day. Or during the night. So that means your cortisol is going up. Now you have to go to work or school or take care of the kids or do whatever. Now your cortisol is up during the day. Um, so your cortisol output tends to be very significant. And then over time, people are just you know exhausted. Uh, and then when you need this, this is the little trick, uh, unfortunately, that our body's playing us. When we need to sleep the most, we end up sleeping the worst, uh, which then just you know, really kind of starts to Perpetuating on itself, and you keep and your sleep quality really never improves.
0: So, that was kind of that mechanism of action, but behind carbonase or. The ingredient, I think I had the three and the four um, messed up. It's four amino, three phenybutyric acid, whatnot. But what that does is, it you can actually absorb it through the digestive system. Where years ago, GABA, plain old you know GABA, you can was kind of a waste of money because the molecule is so big you can't absorb it digestively. But the four amino, three phenybutyric acid, you can actually absorb it digestively. It crosses a blood brain barrier and it stimulates the the GABA receptors. So by raising up GABA, you're naturally your cortisol will come down. So you're able to bring that cortisol down in the middle of the night and then it'll want to pop up in the morning. So like I said, we're bright eyed and bushy tailed. You
1: know, GABA is a, uh, for those of you that you've either heard of it or don't really know what it is, but GABA, G-A-B-A, uh, it's an acronym. Uh, it is, you know, a the the most prominent inhibitor, inhibitory neurotransmitter in the brain, serotonin, is also an inhibitory neurotransmitter that plays a definite role in the sleep cycle. That's why women in menopause, when they don't have any more estrogen, it drops their serotonin, so they might be somewhat depressed. But now they're also having hot flashes uh, because serotonin plays a role in the sleep and controls thermal regulation. Uh, you know, so that we'll talk more about that some, on some other episodes. Uh, but this uh, this GABA neurotransmitter, you know, if you think of it like a teeter-totter, you have the excitatory on one side and the inhibitory on the other. Excitatory neurotransmitters are dopamine, epinephrine, norepinephrine. Uh, and the inhibitory ones, the prominent ones, GABA and serotonin. So you, your brain is looking for balance to those things. And if you think about American society, we're all stressed out. We're all going ninety miles an hour all the time. So we have all this cortisol output, all these catecholamines, caffeine all the time. Uh, so now the the inhibitory ones kind of you know kind of um, kind of take the brunt of that. And now we're just you know now we're not sleeping on a, on a you know on a nightly basis. It, we're just desperate to get a good night's rest.
0: So with that said, now that people like some of you listening might be wondering, well, what do I do now? What do I do now that I don't have the Kavanese to use?
1: Yeah. I, like I said, that's, that's a challenging one, right? There's a, uh, there's definitely some ways to approach that. Some lifestyle things so uh, for sure. Exercise, um, exercising after work at three, you know, after three o'clock in the afternoon or five thirty when most people are done and going to your aerobic class or your boot camp class, uh, you know, even your CrossFit class or whatever kind of high intensity training you're trying to do, probably not the best idea. Okay. Because when you're doing engaging in that kind of aggressive activity, your cortisol is going to go up and now you're going to try to go to bed in a few hours. It might not, it might not really be all that easy. I mentioned caffeine a second ago. Of course, you have to moderate your caffeine content. Even that one cup of coffee in the morning can still have an effect on you falling asleep that night. Um, People don't think about it because you had coffee in the morning. The people that know that, they know if they have coffee after 10 o'clock or noon or something, they're going to stay awake. But even that eight o'clock or six o'clock or seven o'clock cup of coffee is definitely going to have an impact on your your sleep quality later that night.
0: Also fasting. So One trick that some people will do to keep their cortisol down in the middle of the night is have a bedtime snack or have something that's maybe a little protein, uh, maybe a little fat. Because let's say, you know, because a lot of people, hey, I don't want to eat too late at night because I don't want to gain weight. So a lot of people might eat dinner at 6 o'clock, maybe even 5.30. And then by the time 1 o'clock rolls around in the morning or 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, you've got six plus hours that your body hasn't had any food, which is fine because our bodies are made to go without eating. But what happens when my blood sugar drops is my body will automatically raise up a little cortisol to get that liver to do a little gluconeogenesis to make some sugar to keep my blood sugar balanced. But when that cortisol comes up at 1:30 in the morning, then I'm awake, you know, then I'm awake and then it takes a little while to fall back asleep. So sometimes having a little snack before bed, or if you're more of a, a sweet eater, don't eat too many sweets before bed because that's going to rock your blood sugar and make your cortisol go up in the middle of the night or too much alcohol because, or, you know, Alcohol that turns into sugar, like um, wine and beer, you know, that's gonna rock your blood sugar too about four hours after you go to bed.
1: Yeah, right. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that way. And, and now, the big one that we probably didn't mention is all the electronic devices that we have, right? Uh, and you and I are guilty of that too, right? We got our phones, we got our tablets, we got our computers, you know, so you're staring at this really bright device. So, you got a big TV uh, in the evening as the sun's going down, but now we kind of control our light exposure with all the devices that we have. Uh, and that really can be, you know, we get it. You know, people get home from work, they're trying to relax, they want to watch a TV show, they're trying to, you know, kind of veg out for a little while. But that could be contributing to them not sleeping that, you know, that that same night. Uh, you know, those devices emit what they call blue light. Blue light inhibits the release of melatonin in the brain, uh, which normally, you know, going to sleep is supposed to be a kind of inevitable thing as it's getting dark out. But if you have all this stimulation. And you're suppressing the release of melatonin, that, or if your cortisol stays elevated, one of the two, if cortisol's high, melatonin's going to be low. They need to be kind of inversely inversely related to each other. Uh, the devices that we have can kind of, you know, can kind of counteract the 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 natural tendency to want to go to sleep.
0: And and that's absolutely true. And I'm guilty too. I love to read, but. Now that you have an iPad, it's so much easier to read electronic books than it is to have a paper book, (laughs) but, but I get it. But there are, uh, there absolutely are filters that'll block out that blue light. So it does, it does help.
1: Yeah. Right. You get like a, you know, like on the, uh, on, on uh, my phone for sure. Like it has a night shift where you can turn the, the blue wavelengths off and it has like this amber kind of reddish uh, hue to the screen. It certainly helps. Maybe not foolproof, but it's certainly better than having this. You know, you can certainly dim your devices. Dimming it is even helpful as opposed to having it on full brightness. Uh, that can be definitely a you know major thing. And trying to pull someone's phone out of their hand, right? telling them to just put it down or don't touch it after eight o'clock or seven thirty or something like that is probably not realistic. But for some people, that might you know they're just might be extra sensitive to some of that kind of stimulation. Not to mention some of those other things. You know, uh, if you had a really stressful, really busy day or have a really demanding job. Um, that's what I mean about American society. Sometimes we're just go, go, go all the time. And the brain doesn't, doesn't know exactly how to relax and, you know, kind of shut itself down. The body is, we're forcing the body to be on all the time. Now the brain gets really good at that. And now it doesn't know how to do the opposite, which is being able to rest properly.
0: Now we've got lots of little tricks for sleeping and sleep protocol in terms of supplementation. So. That would take forever to go into all the little tricks and <laughs> tricks of the trade that we have, but we could go into a couple of some ideas in terms of what we can do to replace covenase.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. So I know that uh, there's a you're talking about GABA just a few minutes ago. So there's a new form of GABA which is supposed to be, you know, technically what they call a low molecular weight form. So it's a smaller molecule. It's able to cross the blood, uh, the digestive, be absorbed in the digestive tract. Uh, it's supposed to be able to uh, cross the blood-brain barrier. Uh, so it doesn't it doesn't get impeded by the size of the molecule, uh, and literally it's called pharmaGABA. Uh, and there's lots of products that have pharmaGABA in there, uh, and if you think about it, you know the ingredient in Kavanace and pharmaGABA in some ways, there. Uh, if you think about it, it seems uh, like a very similar transition from one to the other.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's awesome. When I found Kavanace first for myself and for patients we didn't have um, we didn't have pharmagaba available it was just good old gaba which we all knew was kind of a you know kind of a waste of money cuz you couldn't digest it but now that we have this new technology to be able to make pharmagaba i think that that works just as good as the cobenace and honestly in in some of the companies it's a better price point
1: yeah right and it- then we get into, you know, after Pharma GABA, which is relatively, it's been around for a little while, maybe a few years, you know, you know whatever, but it's still relatively a newer ingredient. GABA has been around for a long time. Um, but like I said, there's always kind of some issues with actual GABA itself, if whether it could be absorbed or not. Um, but certainly that that's a, that's a nice uh, alternative for sure. Uh, and then we get into, the, uh, as I talked about cortisol. So certainly looking at you know the adrenal component to sleep, right? So, uh, one way to lower your cortisol at night is to raise it in the morning. So, a strategy for that is to, you know, do some things using maybe adaptogenic herbs. We'll talk some more about those individually on another podcast. But using herbs in the morning and some other nutrients, vitamin C, panathenic acid, some other things in the morning, because um, if you raise your cortisol in the morning, then Almost by accident, but on purpose, then your cortisol is going to go down at night. Okay, so instead of trying to just go after and do something in the evening, another strategy is to you know focus on it a little bit earlier, and then now your sleep quality is going to improve as a result.
0: And you had mentioned and talked a little bit about neurotransmitters. So yeah, talked about GABA, but we also, like you had mentioned, we have serotonin, we have dopamine. One thing that also helps people sleep is actually balancing the dopamine, the serotonin, and the GABA, not just focusing on one. So doing things like, you know, uh, mucunas, pyrins to help with the, you know, raising up your dopamine to five, you know, five hydroxy um, tryptophan that, you know, the five HTP that can help raise up the serotonin. So working with some of those things are nice to help with the neurotransmitter to help you sleep.
1: Yeah. Mucuna contains, you know, you can get different standardizations that are the extracts are standardized to different percentages, but mucuna is, uh, contains an amino acid called L-dopa. L-dopa will cross again, cross the blood brain barrier. Your brain can convert it into dopamine. Uh, and that can be very helpful in the sleep process. Uh, and like you said, the five HTP, of course, a great precursor to serotonin. Uh, So now you're creating some balance there. Uh, You know, you and I use a protocol from a company actually in my hometown in Duluth, Minnesota called CHK Nutrition. uh, And they have done some extensive research and have lots of patient hours focusing on that kind of mechanism between dopamine and serotonin. Uh, So, you know, kind of using that idea to, you know, also be able to help people sleep.
0: Yeah. So if you're interested in some other recommendations, we do have the article on the website about alternatives to cavanase. We also recently just did a perimenopause masterclass um, for those of you like myself in that perimenopausal age to kind of help balance hormones, which sleep is a huge issue in perimenopause.
1: Yeah. You know, we probably should have mentioned that earlier, but, um, it was our, it's, it's really our first attempt at a digital course, an online digital course. And we think it turned out really well. Uh, it, uh, it goes through basically our process of dealing with, um, you know, dealing with a patient, but in this case, a woman that is in perimenopause, which we've noticed in our, you know, in our years that conventionally women struggle in this, this transition, uh, because there just really isn't a lot of really good treatments for it. Uh, and they're just left uh, to fend for themselves because all their doctors want to do is give them birth control pills and antidepressants, or in this case, sleeping pills or anti-anxiety medication. And a lot of times women are just not interested in that, or um, they those things just help a little bit. They don't really help a hundred percent. They still need to find some other viable solutions.
0: Exactly. No, we've gotten some good feedback from it and it was really fun. So we hope to continue to do that. So if you're interested in that, you can go on the website and check out the perimenopause masterclass.
1: Yeah. 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 It's, uh, if you go on the, uh, if you go to the homepage, progresshealth.com up in the navigation bar, you'll see a thing for courses. Or if you find one of our blog posts, um, there'll be an image, Valerie's uh, pretty face there on the mm-hmm. sidebar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we plan on doing a bunch more of those courses it was actually a very fun process. Um, taking some of the knowledge that we've learned and kind of, you know, putting that into a digital format like that was one challenging, right? Because our first time to do it, but now we've kind of thought about that and organized it in a way. And we definitely plan on doing more of those because now, you know, now one, it's affordable. I think the course, I think we have it up there for like $9 or something. I think it's a really, we wanted to be uh, something that was, not cost prohibitive for anybody, right? They could just, you know, uh, utilize the information and, um, you know, um, you know, who can, who can, who can afford a $9, you know, uh, course that way. And then you're able to do it on your own. You just log, you know, you, you once you purchase, you log in and you have, it's basically a digital course. So it's all, uh, it's all video. There's some, uh, PDF handouts and things there to kind of um, reiterate some of the information, but it's, you know, it's good. Uh, you know, now of course we're both biased because we put the course to together but um, you know we're hoping that we get some uh, a good response from it and uh, you know it was our first one so we we learned a lot we made a maybe a few mistakes here or there um, but now we're just kind of uh, you know improving on some of those and each one's going to get uh, incrementally better as we keep going
0: yeah. And, and like Dr. Mackey said, we're going to do some more. And since you are our listeners and you know what you want to hear, feel free to give us a shout out on anything you'd like to learn about, because we definitely take that into consideration. You're that's, you know, you're who we want to talk to. Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, uh, all of the listeners that we have, uh, you know, that this is, uh, uh, we kind of know in some ways what people, what we think people should know, but not always know what you really want to know, what you really want to hear about. So certainly as we keep going, we're, we might be asking more and more, like, what do you want to learn about? Well, If, you, if we were to do another class, excuse me. Uh, if we were to do another masterclass, what would that be? What would did, you know, what would be the, uh, now of course our next episode, we're going to talk about weight loss in perimenopause or weight gain in perimenopause. That's always the top of the list. Um, but that also can be challenging too, just because there's not one approach to weight loss necessarily. And it can be a little bit difficult, but we still have some things to talk about. Now, this one, we're talking about sleep. Um, ironically enough, you know, circadian rhythm regulation, um, sleep improvement our sleep quality improvement. That's like our number one thing in order to lose weight. If you're not sleeping well, then losing weight is going to be next to impossible. So, um, this is a little prelude for the next episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So even we always tell people too, hey, if you're not sleeping well, skip the gym and just sleep in for that extra hour in the morning.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we'll talk more about this in the next one, but if you are going to the gym you know, several times a week and your sleep quality is not good, uh, you're better off not going to the gym at all and focusing 100% on proving your sleep quality. Because uh, like I said, we spend so much time revving ourselves up and pushing and pushing and go, go, go all the time, but we don't put any emphasis on the sleep Sleep side. Uh, Some of it, some of us take it for granted. Some of us can sleep just fine. But, you know, um, what we find is that a large percentage, at least of the population that we deal with, I think that our population is somewhat representative of the entire population. People are busy, they got families, they're working, they're doing all these things. And the hardest thing for them to do is be able to go to sleep at night. That's, that's, uh, you know, that's really challenging because then you're really, you know, you're really burning the candle at both ends and you're not getting any of that restoration that you need. And in some ways from an aging perspective, right, you're kind of accelerating that aging process because it's just this major cortisol output all the time.
0: Absolutely. No. so I've always had trouble sleeping, so that's why I like to have those alternatives. But those lifestyle factors are huge when it comes to sleeping at night. So, so that yeah, yeah a little preview of what we're going to talk about in the next episode with sleeping and and weight gain and perimenopause. And like I said, if you have any other things you want us to talk about, any concerns, you know, always just you know shoot us an email.
1: Uh, now, one other thing that we did in response to the course, and we're you know we're not necessarily social media experts. We know enough to be dangerous about social media, but we did as a way to connect with people, you know, with the podcast and just, you know, just our website in general and everything that we're doing, and to better be able to connect with everybody is we created a private Facebook page. Uh, it's just progress your health. Uh, let's talk, let's talk about hormones. I think it, let's talk hormones. Uh, so you can search for that on Facebook. Uh, and it's just a simple approval process. Just click the button to join. And then, uh, one of the admins will let you allow you into the group. And if you have questions and things, you can ask them there and, uh, you know, and that way we can kind of grow a nice little uh, community there in those groups. I know the Facebook groups are in general are very popular. Some, uh, some of the groups are, I mean, they're literally got like tens of thousands of people in those groups. It's kind of mind boggling that you can have so many people in those groups, but uh, you know, everyone's there for a particular reason, you know, uh, a, an organizing topic and all we do is about hormones. So uh, you know, in some ways uh, it, you don't realize how much of a role hormones play in how we look and feel. Uh, maybe the average person doesn't. Certainly in medicine, they don't take that into enough consideration. They only look at hormones from a disease pers- perspective, whether you've got diabetes or you don't. Um, but how we look and feel on a daily basis is completely dependent on hormones uh, and from a, you know, in some ways, maybe from a functional perspective. So if you have any interest, you can look it up, search the group and hope to see you there.
0: Yep, absolutely. Hope to see you there. So I think
1: this will wrap it up for now. Uh, we just wanted to you know, touch base a little bit on the Cavanese, uh being taken from the market. Let's talk about sleep a little bit. The next one, as we said, we'll be talking a little bit more about weight loss. So we're going to revisit this sleep idea. And why uh, proper sleep or improved sleep quality should be your number one, uh, you know, your number one thing you should focus on before you really do that. And of course, your diet; those are the two things you should do to accomplish your uh, your weight loss goals. Uh, so, Dr. Davidson, do you have anything else to add on this one?
0: No, this was great. Like I said, if you have any. Um, questions, please, the Facebook, our email, or if you have more, you know, you're really looking for some other particular alternatives to covenace, just, yeah, check out the article on the website.
1: All right. Take care. Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.